Welcome to episode 40 of the Girls in Movement podcast, where we talk to founders and influencers from all over the globe. I'm pretty excited for today's guest. So we don't usually have individuals on the show who are founders of female empowerment organizations, even though I suppose to some extent, Girls in Movement are empowering young girls. So I'm hugely excited to have this guest on. Um, I reached out after following their social media for a very long time. And if you haven't already, then do it. Their social media is what you tag your girl gang in. So it's very relatable. Um, I love the mission of this organization. I think it it kind of sits with a lot of young females out there and people building their businesses, etc. So their mission is to essentially change the conversations that we're all having and building a tribe of independent and strong girls. Um, our guest today is hoping to develop a worldwide community through their website, foundation and motivational talks. So let's give a warm welcome to Scarlett Clark, founder of Smart Girl Tribe. How are you, Scarlett? Thank you. First of all, for having me on the podcast it's an honor I'm doing yeah really well I mean I have had the flu for a couple of weeks actually so apologies if you hear that (laughs) in my voice but other than that that aside the new year I love this time of year and I'm doing really really well good stuff sounds amazing um so let's start from the beginning so tell us about the early days of yourself Scarlett so what was the start of this path to Smart Girl Tribe I started Smart Girl Tribe, which is now the UK's number one female empowerment organisation when I was only 19 years old and at university. I created it really out of necessity because I found that magazines were only focusing on sex, weight and boyfriends and those weren't the conversations I or my friends were having. I really wanted to create a hub where women, especially young women, could have conversations that matter so an opportunity really to talk about our careers mental health issues travel and even social issues affecting women all over the world so when I first started I very much I didn't know anything I had no idea this would turn into a fully fledged business but yeah I created it when I was a teenager so I was a teenage CEO and then I took it full-time Three years later, when I graduated, I moved over to New York. I really started. um, It really snowballed then when I moved and then I came back to London and that's when we set up our office. And yeah, it's just really been snowballing since then. But when I first started, I very much didn't know anything. And I always say to everybody, if you have a dream that's worth fighting for whether it's a fire in in your belly or a dream in your heart you have to go all in you have to commit to it and there were so many days where I would attend a lecture and I had to start recording my lectures because I was just doodling smart girl tribe ideas and where I wanted to take it and things like that so very much was you know I was as much as other students do I as well I was partying and I'd be getting in at 2am and then staying up until 5am but not studying just talking and going over smart girl tribe things so it really was my and still is to this day my everything oh wow incredible and what I love so um 
what we see is in especially in 2020 but for the past few years a lot of these side hustles are created in university kind of in people's bedrooms and so that's exactly what you did was it were you studying something at university that was linked to entrepreneurship and business or was it totally opposite in terms of what you were doing at the time it was the total opposite i studied at the university of Bath and I read advanced languages so advanced French advanced Spanish and advanced Italian and then European politics the main reason why was I actually grew up in Italy and I was very fortunate I attended a private language school so because of that I really just went after something that I loved which was language and I say this again to everybody I've never had a business degree I've never studied economics and I've somehow managed to succeed in this world. And because of that, I always say to everybody, if you do have that dream, even if you want to be in business, you don't necessarily have to study it in order to be successful. And if you don't have the answer, Google does. Yeah. <laughs> when I was starting out at the very beginning, I was Googling everything. Even when I had to code, I didn't have a team. I didn't have any money in the first three years of setting up Smart Girl Tribe. I only earned 25p from it, but I wow. stuck with it. I kept going, I Googled everything, but you absolutely don't need an economics degree or a finance degree in order to, to succeed in business. Love it. And I think I think what everyone should kind of understand is um, passion is what should drive kind of what you do in your life, whether that's you're working for a company or you're working for yourself. It shouldn't. I know it's really hard when you're younger. I mean, from personal experience, I was always very money driven. So it was like, okay, I, I want to do this so that it makes me this. But as you get older, you're like, passion needs to come first and your hobbies need to be somehow looped in there. And then kind of the finance side will figure itself out, which I think is probably what you've done as well. I mean, it sounds like it was your passion and up all night working on it. And then, I mean, you only made 25p at the start. So clearly mm -hmm. it was never for finance, which is good. No, I was never... It's one of those things, as you said, that when you're a bit younger, you think, oh, I'll go after something that is going to enable me to travel or to do this right. or that. And you want to succeed financially. When I started, I knew I was onto something. In the first three days, I had over 40 applications from writers nice. worldwide asking to be part of this movement. And that's exactly what it was. It wasn't, even though it started as a digital magazine focusing on social issues, travel, career, mental health issues. And even though we were one of the first magazines doing that, it was so much more than a digital magazine. It was a movement and it very quickly became as I said my everything it was my ultimate passion I knew that I somehow wanted to figure out a way to make money from this little business that I had essentially started in my dorm room you know nice. as I said I didn't have any money at all I did only earn 25p but I kept going and by the time I had graduated I had started making waves if you like and being able for that to then become my full-time business, my full-time gig. Love that. And tell us a bit about Smart Girl Tribe and how it works. So, I mean, on the outside, I love the way you guys connect through your events and the social side, but obviously this is a for-profit company. So how does it work if you're someone who comes into the community? What is the, I suppose, the revenue side for Smart Girl Tribe? So we have been very lucky that 
because I started it so young and I would say that to young people now if I had thought oh I'll do it when I have the money when I have the financial backing when I have the support and let's just say I wanted to start it or I felt ready at 29 or something I wouldn't have had that space if you like to just be free with it and starting it so young at 19 I obviously did because I was a full-time student so it started as a digital magazine we have had we've done collaborations if you like ads social media ads we work with many people over and over again we now have the smart gold tribe summit which is an event series that we created last year that is expanding alongside that I'm also a motivational speaker and a writer myself so I've written for Harper's Bazaar, Women's Health, Cosmopolitan and magazines in New York as well so at the very beginning it was very much yes it started making a little bit of money but it has always been self-funded I've always been the one that because at the beginning it was really suggested to me or advised. I was advised frequently to find investors. When I started meeting with investors, they were very happy to take Smart Girl Tribe on. They were really excited about it, but it came at a price. They wanted to have 40% of the business. And I personally wasn't willing to give that up. I know some people, you know, I was in quite a fortunate position that I can make that decision and some people really aren't. But because of that, it has always been self-funded. And because it has been self-funded, that has meant that even the money that I make on the side, i.e. from speaking, etc., does go back into the business. Nice. I like that. And it's really good. And it's something to make people aware of, I suppose. Like if you I suppose investment is always a tricky conversation. And if you're so passionate about this being your brand um, and you don't want to lose that. I think always double think in terms of investment, but if, especially when you're taking on investment, they've got to really bring something to the table that's going to rocket your brand, I suppose, that you can't do yourself. Um, and I suppose because yours is a, a platform rather than a physical product kind of at the heart of it, it's harder to bring on investment and, and figure out like, okay, what are you going to bring to the table? So no, good for you for kind of holding your ground. I suppose there's there's always opportunities for investment to come around but yeah no it's good that you've kept 100% I suppose. No thank you that was everything that I really wanted initially I wanted the full power if you like of Smart Girl Tribe if I wanted to make a creative decision I wanted to be able to and I was so young when I started out that I have to say you know at 2021 20, you are even 22 you are quite naive so I would yeah. go into businesses and I would just think you know what I want 100% of this brand because we had already had such a massive community by then when I had graduated so three years after I had set it up we'd already had a large following we had a committed a community that really depended on us and things like this and that would really turn to smart girl tribe and because of that I really genuinely felt I had a responsibility and if I gave over the business to a panel of middle-aged men I didn't feel in my heart that they would have been able to achieve what we have done since of course maybe through investment it would have escalated a lot quicker if you like but I can say my team and I it has enabled us the space to have full creative power and to when we come up with an idea to actually rather than go and ask for permission we can just put it into action and see if it takes off and how our community responds naturally 
No, that's really good. That's, that's good. And when you're, I suppose, connecting with individuals in your tribe, I suppose, um, I'm sure you've met kind of loads of young entrepreneurs, young women, etc. kind of over the years. What do you think is the biggest thing holding women back? I mean, uh, when I always kind of look look and talk to kind of women who are starting a business for example let's let's put that one out there it's always just a lack of confidence and that that element of taking a risk would you find that that's the sort of conversations that you have kind of at at the summit at events yes being a motivational speaker as well so I travel all over the world I was recently invited to this back in November last year so still 2019 I was invited to Harvard University to go and speak to women there so I really travel all over the world speaking to so many different women and I'm also an ambassador for the NSPCC so I talk to young girls and boys who have gone through trauma or who have had devastating childhoods let's say and for me personally, I, at the core, I would say it comes down to self-doubt. Women doubt themselves, young women, girls, so much that that's really the thing that stops them from pursuing their dreams or really going after their passions. Nobody is going to knock at your door and say, oh, here you go. Here's a box. This is your self-worth. Now you're able to go out and achieve whatever you wish for. As young women, we always tend, I think, to seek permission or validation. And yep. because of this self-doubt, it really, really riles us. It stops us from going after things. And self-doubt can also be in the form of our inner mean girl. I always say we have inner mean critics, <laughs> whether you're female or whether you're male. If you let them drive, they are going to drive you into a ditch. So you just need to drop them off as soon as you can. Boot them out of your car. Don't let them drive your mind, if you like. And because of that, I would say, you know, I was, there were a hundred reasons why Smart Girl Tribe, I thought, wouldn't work when I started. Yeah. The day I actually created it, bearing in mind, it started as a website. I didn't have an internet connection. This was in Italy. I didn't have an internet connection. I didn't even have a phone connection. I was always the girl in the library, so I didn't even have any contacts. I had very, very few friends, yet I went after it and I created Smart Girl Tribe for the one reason why I needed to, and that was because other young women around the world, I felt, needed it because major magazines weren't having the conversations that we were having. So there will always be a hundred reasons for you not to do something, 100 reasons why you are doubting yourself, but you just need to almost push that aside. It's easier said than done, absolutely, I understand. But otherwise, if you just let your inner mean go or all of your self-doubt drive you, it is essentially going to drive you into a ditch and nothing's going to get done or achieved. <laughs> yeah, very true. And I suppose when we talk about, so you were, I suppose at a time where you've got to go into a library, you've got to make that connection. Pro LinkedIn was probably not like a huge thing where you can just simply press connect or even how I reached out to you and your team to say, do you want to be a guest on the podcast? That was easy, I suppose, to just reach out. At a time where there's so much, I suppose, social media at people's fingertips, there's competition out there in terms of what you do and, and what Smart Girl Tribe do. What is it that makes you guys stand out, I suppose? I think we were really the original. Someone um, most recently dubbed us the original feminist magazine, which nice. I found very flattering 
hearing that, I think the thing that really helped us stand out was the fact nobody at the time was doing what we were doing. Nobody was having the conversations surrounding mental health issues, but even from a personal point of view. And we were very authentic and true to ourselves. I was recently asked again at another panel that I was speaking on if I consider myself a brand. And I had to be honest and I said, well, I've never seen myself as a brand because I've just always been authentic my whole life. But particularly when I had young girls looking up to me when I was a teenager, when I was 19, how I speak now is how I was speaking then. How I dress now is also relatively, you know, how I was also dressing then. Not much has changed. And I think that really, really helped us is the fact that everybody in the team from day one was just so authentic and true to themselves. And we gave everybody the space to do that you know we had when we very first started I said for instance and I put it up in the office that there is a code of conduct that you are not allowed to refer to women a certain way in our articles we're not allowed to refer to women as hormonal because we thought that was very (laughs) like this so we were so on the pulse with what we were allowing and not allowing to happen in the smart girl tribe if you like on that platform and I think people really respected that and responded to that and since I have to say one quote that has always stuck with me has been winners focus on winning and losers focus on winners so I never yeah. got distracted by competitors or what other influencers were doing the paths that other magazines were taking I mean for instance when I started only a few months in I did see other magazines digital magazines doing quite well two in particular and they were very very career focused and I kind of jumped on it and I thought oh my gosh they're so much bigger than we are they have so many more writers let's just try and be career focused for a few weeks and we'll see how we'll get on we get on our statistics, our readers, our readership, it plummeted. It went down like a sinking ship. And we only did that, I think it was a month, maybe five weeks that we became really, really career focused. Anyway, years later, those two magazines, very sadly, no longer exist. And what really changed was when we saw our readership plummet, as I said, that is the last time that we ever look at someone else and we focus on what someone else is doing we're just going to look inwards because even if we fail doing this and even if smart girl tribe doesn't exist in a year at least we can say we failed being true to ourselves yeah no I love that and it's really interesting the point you make about um I suppose not drawing it in but having like a code of conduct within your team to say this is how we'll communicate with our readers and that's at the heart of what you do is is what you put out and how you communicate with your community because it was interesting there was a um so the brand people per hour they just had a I don't know if you've seen it but uh, one of their tube ads uh, said you do the girl boss thing we'll do the SEO thing and it's had huge kind of uproar around the marketing and advertising and the ASA have got involved as well and it's it's just incredible that with such a big brand like that you can probably imagine the conversations and who was having those conversations when putting that together and why that happened and 
what when you talk about it's what you want to do I mean when you started to kind of look at another brand and then it didn't work out it's it's great that you can after five weeks you recognize that something's not working so change it whereas when you look at the bigger brands sometimes they yeah just what's happened with people per hour there's there's not that conversation at the heart of what it is and what I suppose what comms they want to put out no completely it's um it's so true I've always said you have to be authentic and true to yourself and I say to my team regularly I say give me feedback when we had tribers that's how we refer to the young readers or if you like or listeners all of our readers and listeners actually even our social media audience when they were coming to our events and they were complimenting us on everything we had done I would talk to the to some of them afterwards and I would say if you had to change something what would it be we were quite blessed that we actually didn't receive any negative feedback oh, after <laughs> our Smartwell Tribe um, Summit event series last year I was really really happy about that but Amazing. that's what I'm all I'm always asking our community what would we change what would make it better and I've also had team members come to me when they first started writing for us and for me ask oh what should I talk about what should I be writing? And I always say to them, what do you want to write about? What do you feel we're missing? What story do you want to tell? And that essentially comes back to when I was initially talking to investors, it was something I was worried about because I thought I was the age that my readers were and I still am the age that my readers are now. And I remember standing in front of a panel of middle-aged men, incredibly intellectual and they had the financial backing that they could offer us, etc. But I thought, are you reflecting our community? And the answer was no. And I yeah. knew it would be for us a really bad decision if we decided to go that way. So then and now we haven't looked out or sought financial backing elsewhere, purely because that wouldn't reflect our brand or our platform, our mission and everything we're trying to do. Mm. To yeah totally agree and that, that's really good and and a, I suppose an inspiration to kind of other female entrepreneurs who are out there who are starting and growing their business it's it's something to kind of look inwards to when they're on social media because I suppose when you scroll through social it's like okay smart girl tribe are just a, a, a social media page for example but at the heart of it you guys are a business and and that's what your community is built on it it starts their journey when they get to your social and then they carry on and become part of a community which is great no absolutely I mean it did start as a digital magazine and that is still running today that's at smartgirltribe.com all of the articles from day one is still up and running on there we also have the top rated podcast we have the event series obviously I'm a motivational speaker I'm writing a book so that really is social media is almost we only started social media I think 18 months ago we were oh, wow. one of the last because I know it's really interesting when we started Instagram had only really come out Facebook was a big one so we were on Facebook but outside of that all of our readers were coming to us through just Google and 80% of our audience today still comes via Google and because of that, um, I would say social media is almost, it's not a consequence, but it's just one branch. And the core very much is this female empowerment movement. I like to think we're just trying to empower and uplift women to be their most fearless and authentic selves. Love it. 
And if who inspires you, Scarlett, I suppose? So there must be incredible people in your network and who you've met along the way, but who kind of, who stood out for you? I'll choose someone personal and then somebody who's a bit more professional. I would say personally, my late great grandmother, absolutely. I know a lot of people talk about their grandmothers. I have to say she was such a woman. She was so graceful. She was very, very intelligent and true to herself, but she had really gone through some trauma. She had lost um, her daughter. Her daughter was 15. She had a heart attack one day in school. And then her second daughter, she lost um, when her daughter was 32 from breast cancer. Yet she was still the happiest woman you could find. And because of that, I really, really and still do. I'd like to think, oh, would she be proud if I took this move? She was very honest and very graceful. So I would have to say personally in my life, she was a very strong force to be reckoned with, if you like. And then professionally, I would have to say probably Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who I adore. I think, I don't know if you've seen the film On the Basis of Sex. Yeah, great film. (laughs) Yeah, amazing film. And I really, really look up to her because she, again, is such a strong force. I would say overall, I know a lot of people have mentors. I do mentor, but I've never actually had a mentor. And instead, I just look up to particularly these two powerful women and I think oh you know would they be proud if I took this path what would they do you know what would Ruth do in this situation (laughs) and I ask myself that quite often because it just I tend to feel it brings me back to my core and my mission and what I am trying to achieve and then outside of that the community really genuinely inspires and motivates me I'm often asked what does motivate me and it is our community it's the young people at the NSPCC knowing and talking to them about the trauma that they have gone through and just standing there thinking my gosh and you're still here that just blows my mind or when I meet people at our event series the smart girl tribe summits and they come up to me and they tell me they share their stories I think wow you've really gone through so much so I would say personally my great-grandmother professionally probably Ruth because I do often ask myself what would Ruth do and then outside (laughs) of that my community our tribers they just keep me going every single day and motivate me incredibly so (laughs) great answer and I suppose when you mention mentors as well I think there's always such a heavy focus on you need a mentor you need a mentor but I suppose mm-hmm. like you I mean I've never had like a, a mentor and as you say it's just people who are in your life who you look up to or they influence you in a certain way that's a mentor in itself it doesn't doesn't always have to be that that physical title there I suppose. Absolutely there are a lot of should haves I think what mm-hmm. should you have if you want to go into a business what should you know what books should you read and things like this essentially I think just ask yourself what am I trying to achieve and how can I go about that you don't need 300,000 followers on Instagram to be successful you don't need a book to be an amazing writer so I think if a young woman was standing in front of me today and she really wanted to do something similar to Smart Girl Tribe I would say get rid of the should haves or just the word should and the other two words that I would say that I really don't like are when and if, especially as women, we think, oh, I'll be happy when I have yeah. done this or I'll be happy 
if if you're going about that and you're chasing those things it's just going to be a vicious circle because for instance if you said I'll be happy when I have written a book when that book is written and published you'll then need something else to keep mm. you going so I would say try and get rid of the words should when and if in your dictionary because every story is so different yeah. just because I started my business at 19 doesn't mean that if somebody else who wants to do something similar to Smart Girl Tribe needed to be a teenager in order to succeed yeah. as well. Yeah, great advice. And I suppose if you could give your younger self any advice, what would that be? I would say to my younger self, what age are we talking? <laughs> uh, let's say sort of 14 to 17 or 13 to 17. Okay, that's actually a really interesting time in my life. So I grew up in Italy, rural Italy. There were 3,000 residents, I think, in wow. our whole district. It was very much one shop, one restaurant, one school. <laughs> in my class, we were a class of 12. So you kind of get the idea, you know, if it would snow, it would snow six foot. It was wild. So I was growing up in rural Italy and I was very much the girl in the library. I was very studious. I was very, very academic. So if I could look back at that time in my life, to be honest, I was just very happy between the ages of 13 and 16. I was just really, really happy in everything I was doing. I had an amazing friendship group. I had a great system at school, a support system at home. What really changed was I decided I wanted to attend a British university. And in order to do that, I needed to study my A-levels. So I came back at 16 for two years. And that was a time that when I look back, I was quite sad on the whole because I was being bullied even though I was a late teen I was being bullied I had people say some really horrible things about me because I was still I was so focused on my grades I was so focused on achieving and being academic and nobody really understood me I was labeled as posh I was labeled as cold I was labeled as frigid just all the rest it was really horrible I had a Facebook page going against me and things oh my like that wow. it was really yeah it was it was such a dramatic change. I actually look back and I say to people now, I feel really blessed to have gone through that because when I have people come to me and they're saying, oh, I'm being bullied, I can really relate to them and I can really give them solid advice. I'm not sitting on a pedestal saying, oh, I think you should go and talk to a teacher because mm -hmm. I live through it. So I am actually grateful to have had that time. But if I could look back, you know, one thing that I did do was I stayed true to myself. Absolutely. I knew that I came back because I needed to. I wanted to go to the University of Bath. I decided that when I was 16 and I needed to achieve exceptional grades, I knew what I was about I knew who I was you know my nickname quickly became Granger because I was so similar to Hermione <laughs> I was all the time so if I could look back and if I could say anything to that girl I would just say keep doing you and just Love keep that. doing you keep focusing on your mission and being true to yourself because at the end of the day it's better to be an original version rather than a copycat version of someone else. It yeah. would have been really easy for me to have looked at the girls around me whose, let's say, values maybe I didn't 
follow or ethos I didn't necessarily believe in and think, oh, okay, they're the ones being invited to the parties. They're the ones who have so many friends. I'll do what I can to get into that crowd. But instead, I just kind of laid low and I did my thing and I went to the University of Bath, as I said earlier, and I did set up this business. So if I could look back, I would just say to her, keep doing you, don't let them get you down. And I would probably put a PS and I would say, you know, girls <laughs> who are being bitchy to you now, they do call you in a few years asking for a job. <laughs> I would probably I would probably add that in because it's so hard when you're that young and you know you're surrounded by people who are different to you and you really start questioning yourself and what you believe in and you're not going to those parties and things it's really really difficult and even at university it doesn't really for some get that much easier so because of that I would say just keep doing you keep being true to yourself and be an original version rather than a copycat version of someone else. Amazing advice, Scarlett. I love it. And as you say, it's like such a pivotal point in your life, like 13 to 17. And even when you're going from A level time to university, I mean, to go through that stuff and yeah, stick to who you are. I mean, especially with social media today, so many girls just succumb to being okay, we're all gonna like look the same. I've got a younger sister and whenever mm. she goes out, I look at her Instagram pictures. So I'm like, you all look the same. And she's like, Yeah, but we all decided to wear the same and do the same. And I'm like, oh my God. So it's such a like, especially as a young girl in this generation when you're trying to grow and just be your own person, there's so much pressure around you to just succumb to being this type of person or or do this or do that. And yeah, you've got to stick to who you are and what your roots are, I suppose. No, completely. And it's so much more difficult now with mm. social media. So the thing that I would say is social media is such cliche advice, but it is really everybody's highlight reels. Nobody's yeah. talking about failures. Nobody's talking about why they were crying yesterday. Nobody is talking about their personal family issues, but they do exist and they are there. And I would also say as much as you are maybe comparing yourself to the girl or to the woman next to you, she is mm. doing exactly the same, somebody else. It's very much a vicious cycle. Everybody is looking around at someone and thinking, oh, I wish I had that. But try and remember, someone's probably looking at you and thinking exactly the same. So point out things that you love about yourself and just celebrate your uniqueness and your individuality rather than get sucked into, you know, the more time you're spending on social media looking at somebody else is less time you're celebrating yourself and focusing on everything that you could be achieving or accomplishing accomplishing if you think the amount of hours that goes into social media you probably in those amount of hours could have set up a business or yeah. could have written a book so do that rather than you know focusing on the Kardashians or something <laughs> love it let's let's end it on that one I'm gonna give this to my sister to listen to as well <laughs> um thank yeah, you so no much way. Scarlett I really appreciate it. It's been an incredible um, conversation and everything um, that Scarlett's working on. So events, um, her website and also social media, etc. Feel free to reach out. We'll put it at the bottom of kind of uh, the podcast on social media and of course on YouTube and Spotify. Thank you so much, Scarlett. 
No, thank you very much. And yes, please do connect with us. You can DM me. Our Instagram is at Smart Girl Tribe or me personally. It's Scarlett underscore Victoria underscore Clark. All of the articles are up on smartgirltribe.com. And essentially, you can also go and check out our event series, the Smart Girl Tribe Summit, which is at eventbrite.co.uk. Awesome. Nice work. Thank you, Scarlett. Hi, thank you very much.